This episode brought to you by Alert Communications. If any law firm is looking for call, intake, or retainer services available 24-7, 365, just call 866-827-5568. Welcome to the AVA Journal Legal Rebels podcast, where we talk to men and women who are remaking the legal profession, changing the way the law is practiced, and setting standards that will guide us into the future. Welcome. I'm your host, Lyle Moran. My guest today is Michael Ellenhorn. He is the founder and CEO of Decipher, a competitive intelligence firm that primarily serves the legal profession. It does so by helping law firms and legal departments properly vet job candidates. Michael and I will discuss how COVID-19 has altered the legal hiring market and how Decipher has assisted firms with navigating these unprecedented times. Michael, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Lyle. It's great to be here. Well, Michael, I was hoping you could start by giving us a brief overview of your professional career prior to the launch of Decipher. Well, thanks, Lyle. uh, I'm a lawyer by training. Uh, I practiced law in St. Louis for a number of years um, before moving to London, uh, where I was a principal in uh, two legal recruiting firms for uh, for a number of years. We were in London for about nine years um, and then uh, moved back to St. Louis to um, start uh, my own legal recruiting firm. And then eventually uh, in 2015 to uh, to start Decipher. Great. And what was it that prompted you to launch Decipher roughly five years ago? Well, Lyle, what what we found uh, and I found as a legal recruiter for many, many, many years is that oftentimes the, the legal recruiter and the law firm clients, a lot of times their interests are not 100% aligned. And the legal recruiting industry as it exists is one in which oftentimes the firm and the recruiter can honestly be at odds over the placements. And one of the areas that I found most intriguing about that client-recruiter relationship is that recruiters were not only not in a position to properly vet the candidates that they were placing. But in fact, they expressly disclaimed liability in that regard. And so what it did was it left all of the responsibility for the viability and the hygiene, so to speak, of the candidate, of the placement. It left all of that in the hands of the law firm. And we just felt, um, and this is, we started the firm in 2015, we felt that it was time for somebody to be on the law firm side. Hmm. And how does Decipher go about its work in a way that, as you would describe, is on the law firm side? Well, our while our mission is to empower just, uh, informed and just decision-making through intelligence-driven transparency. Um, and, and what that means is traditionally... Hiring a lawyer was very much kind of a roll of the dice. Um, And the consequences of a bad hire, when you consider their fiduciary obligations, when you consider their client responsibilities as a partner, the the downside risk of those kind of placements 
actually can be catastrophic in terms of cost, uh, legal exposure, conflicts, reputational damage when those when those hires go bad. And of course, we've all read about those um, in in the legal press over the years. And what Decipher does is we remove the uh, the risk associated with lateral partner and and senior lawyer hires by conducting extensive external due diligence on these folks before they are hired. Um, And that way, that way, the law firm or the legal department fully understands um, the person that they're bringing in uh, to to their firm or or, or department. Could you share a little bit about what you mean when you refer to extensive due diligence, like what type of information are you gathering for your clients in that regard? Well, I'm glad you asked that because this really kind of dovetails nicely with the challenges that people are, that firms and legal departments are facing right now um, in terms of recruiting and and developing talent in this environment. Decipher is, at, at our heart, we are a competitive intelligence firm. So we do primarily investigations work, a great deal of analysis and a fair amount um, of data analytics. And so what we're doing on behalf of our clients is we are combining the very best investigation skills of open source or objective intelligence, which is anything that's written down, anything on a database, anything that there is a record of. And we're combining that with the very best of human intelligence. And so human intelligence is anything that you can you can procure from a, a, another human being. And in our case, because obviously we're dealing with lawyers, that could be a market peer, that could be a former colleague, that could be uh, a client, that could be opposing counsel, anybody that fits in that kind of a category. And what we're doing is we're taking the best bits of the human intelligence part and the best bits of open source data infrastructure. And we're combining those together to give our clients a fully transparent view of the person that they are hiring. I'm sure everybody listening can remember um, a bad hire, uh, one or two. Everybody's got a bad hire story. And everybody says the same thing. If only we had known. So what Decipher does is we remedy, we solve that pang of regret if only we have known. Hmm. Now, you mentioned open source data. You know, at law firms and legal departments, what type of, you know, background history on these potential hires are they most interested in learning about? Every firm, uh, now if we're talking about private practice, every law firm, when they're hiring a lateral partner, they're really concerned about three main sort of buckets of information. They're very interested to know about the candidate's cultural fit. What kind of a person are they? Um, Are they easy to get along with? Do they mentor young lawyers well? How do they act under stress? Um, Are they they good people managers? Um, Those types of things. Are they good, for lack of a better term, are they good firm citizens? Firms are also very interested, especially from a reputational and compliance standpoint, they're very interested in the regulatory aspects uh, because obviously 
law firms have to, given the fact that they are governed by uh, the various state bar associations, they have to be concerned at a certain level with with basic, uh, not only bar compliance, but also fiduciary standards. And so that means being um, very interested in things like criminal background, criminal history, possible malpractice suits um, in their past, whether or not they're members in good standing and always have been of their bar associations, believe it or not, things having to do with, with their financial activities, things having to do with their personal business interests or their board appointments, um, those types of things that may in one way, shape or form either conflict with the firm's existing client interests or for some reason or another may have a disciplinary or malpractice ramification to it. Then, of course, finally, they're very interested in the financial viability of the candidate. So they're interested in the book of business. Are those clients that the individual lawyer says they have and says they're going to bring, are they really going to come along? And so all of those things, all of those elements represent a very significant amount of risk to a firm. And so it's very important when doing the level of external due diligence that we do on a daily basis, that we really bottom out those issues before the firm extends an offer. Right. And, you know, you mentioned the topic of financial viability, which obviously is essential. Um, How do you and your firm go about assessing, you know, a potential partner hires, um, you know, ability and viability in that regard? As you might imagine, to most firms, and in in most cases for lateral recruiting, uh, the portable book uh, is paramount, that the economic underpinnings of the business case um, is really front and center. And so what we try to do um, as best we can is get a full understanding by talking to a wide swath of the market. And as we talked about earlier, that includes market peers, former colleagues, clients, opposing counsel, to get a full understanding of what this what this individual standing is in the market and what their relationship, what their relationship with their purported clients is like. And by asking the right people the right questions, you'd be surprised at how thorough of a an understanding of someone's business case you can get by simply asking the right people the right questions. Well, hey, that's something a reporter tries to do in um, you know, our line of work, so I certainly could uh, see why that would be helpful. Michael, you mentioned in the hiring industry, you know, most folks have some examples of hires they would like to have back. Of course, in your line of work, you're trying to you know, help firms not make those types of hires and make hires that are going to perform well. Are there maybe a couple stories you could share about examples of folks that you've flagged and said this isn't going to work out for a firm? Sure, I'd be happy to. As, as you can imagine, um, with the amount of volume we do across the industry, um, this this happens on a fairly regular basis. About uh, Just to, to give some context to this, Lyle, about 30 to 35% of our, um, of our projects, our due diligence projects, will exhibit some kind of red flag, um, which could really run the gamut from something trivial to something catastrophic. 
about 10 to 15 percent um, of our projects are pretty serious. Uh, those red flags uh, deserve some further examination uh, and some further reflection. So out of those 10 to 15 percent, as you can imagine, because we do hundreds of these projects every year, there are quite a few situations that, uh, let's just say, can be a little bit more delicate. There was a, uh, there's a partner candidate who had spent years um, in one particular market. And they moved, not only did they move firms, they moved markets. And at the time they were looking to move to one of our clients, they provided a lengthy list of their career history. They just failed to mention that uh, two stops on their career history uh, were at plaintiff's firms, which created significant conflicts for the large defense firm that they were intending to move to. Um, and so, and, and that's something, by the way, that's, believe it or not, it's relatively common for people to not give, for one reason or another, for people to not give full and complete career histories. When it comes to issues of conflicts um, and other fiduciary-related issues, um, actually bottoming out career histories and what that means is extraordinarily important. Of course, there are, there are lots of other issues that, that, that happen for all sorts of different reasons. There was one candidate who had held a fairly serious leadership role with a very large firm in the U.S., and they were looking to make a move relatively quickly to one of our clients. And the, the individual in question was looking to move a sizable book um, of client business. The interesting part is that the clients actually indicated that there really wasn't a current relationship with the candidate. Um, and other former colleagues had indicated that this particular individual had actually recently been removed from the leadership position and had been asked to leave the, the current partnership. And so when firms have to ask themselves, when someone wants to move and they need to make a move quickly, there's usually a reason why. And asking those questions are, are, are pretty important. We had one candidate that um, really was an extraordinarily experienced practitioner. You know, they, they'd just done so well in their, in, in their career, had a very strong market reputation. The difficult part was, is that most of those people had never seen this partner under a great deal of stress. But when we finally spoke to the right people who had worked closely with him at different firms over the years, they actually admitted to us that they had left their firms because of the candidates' poor temper, uh, poor leadership, um, sort of lack, of lack of accountability under stress. These were actually reasons that associates had given for actually leaving that team and leaving their firm. And so, as you can see, whether it's, whether it's conflicts issues, whether it's cultural issues, whether it's business or portable book issues, all of these things can manifest themselves in a, a situation where if you hire the individual, it may simply be too late. Hmm. Well, thanks for sharing those examples. We'll be back after a short break. 
As the largest legal-only call center in the U.S., Alert Communications helps law firms and legal marketing agencies with new client intake. Alert captures and responds to all leads 24-7, 365 as an extension of your firm in both English and Spanish. Alert uses proven intake methods, customizing responses as needed, which earns the trust of clients and improves client retention. To find out how Alert can help your law office, call 866-827-5568 or visit alertcommunications.com LTN. Welcome back to my conversation with Michael Ellenhorn. Michael, let's turn to the bigger picture now. What would you say is the current state of the lateral partner hiring environment? Lyle, I'd say the current state is a bit unpredictable. What we've seen over the last nine months um, with the pandemic, with moving to um, moving to remote work, moving from slightly open business communities to very locked down or closed business communities, and back and forth as we've moved through the pandemic, as you might imagine, firms and individual lawyers are all experiencing the pandemic in a different way. And so that has created a fair amount of, of uncertainty. A lot of the things that we've looked at in terms of market current market trends that have manifested themselves really because of the pandemic, remote working uh, has put a number of stressors on the hiring process. Uh, remote hiring presents new challenges. And when I talk about remote hiring, I mean lawyers who practice in one jurisdiction but actually live in another. And that is, that, that's a new phenomenon that has really uh, grown a great deal during the pandemic. What we've found is there are significantly higher rates of candidate red flags on due diligence projects. And, and there are lots of different elements to different markets, um, both at the partner level and at the associate level, that really are awaiting more certainty or the certainty that we expect to get once there's wide scale up, you know, uptake uh, of the vaccine. Now, I want to drill down on a couple of things you mentioned in that answer there. One was the um, significantly higher rates of red flags on due diligence projects. Why do you think that's occurring? I think it's occurring for two reasons. One is failure rates for lateral partner hires generally hover from year to year around 50%. So failure rates amongst laterals are already high to begin with. When when you layer in on top of that, that you've got a situation where most of recruitment is being done on a virtual basis, it's very difficult to distinguish a non-performing partner leaving a high-performing firm or a high-performing partner leaving a non-performing firm. So it is, it is very, very difficult to, without good, solid external due diligence, it's very difficult to figure out who is who. And mind you, while all of this is taking place, the recruitment that is occurring in the market is actually moving faster. Now that we have taken travel out of the equation, now that we have taken office work or that commute from home to office and office to home. Now that we have taken those things out of the equation, virtual recruitment has actually made, has actually streamlined that process. Um, and because of that, 
those types of recruitments are building up a fair amount of momentum very quickly. So jumping in and slowing down a bit to get a proper read um, on what's going on with an individual candidate in this type of a market, which is significantly, as you might, as you might imagine, very uncertain, that will end up rendering a higher number or a higher level or rate um, of red flags. Um, another thing that, that's of particular interest is that what we've found is that partners reported books of business during the pandemic have significantly increased. So these are when they fill out their lateral partner questionnaire and they're disclosing, this is the book of business that I expect to bring with me uh, to my new firm. What we have found in looking at our projects since March 1st, uh, 2020, is that a candidate's declared book of business has increased by 95%. Now, as I said before, that could be for a number of reasons. It could be because you have a high-performing partner that's leaving a non-performing firm. But it also could be that you have a non-performing partner that is leaving a high-performing firm. In which case, one way or the other, you have to get to the bottom of that question of, is the book real and will it port? And when you talk about getting to the bottom of the co- that question, does that relate back to some of our discussion earlier about like financial viability and examining, um, you know, how the potential partner hire is doing on that front? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's why it's so important that firms really take the time. And, and by the way, Lyle, whether they use an external provider like us, like Decipher, um, or whether they do a fair amount of this work internally, it is so important to drill down on that question of business viability. And there are, there are many things that firms can do to, to help bottom those questions out. And that revolves a lot around, again, talking, asking the right questions to the right group of people. Well, it seems to me in an environment where some of these hires are occurring at a faster or quicker clip than normal, and also an environment where, as you said, there's not going to necessarily be travel to the offices to meet the partners already at the firm, that there is a risk for some of these failures that we've been talking about. What can firms themselves do in this environment to prevent against bad hires, in addition to some of the things you shared about asking the right people good questions? The first is, is that firms really need to have focus. They need to, before they begin a recruitment of a partner, whether it's a strategic hire or whether it's a more opportunistic acquisition, they need to be very focused on why they're doing what they're doing. Because oftentimes, if if a firm is just attracted by a partner's, the, the size of a partner's book of business, if it doesn't fit into the firm's overall strategy, you may find there are more problems that grow out of that um, than there are anything else. The second is time. Firms really need to give recruitment adequate time to be fully vetted. And what I mean by be fully vetted is, Firms should take the time to do proper interviews with lateral partner candidates, not just conversations, not just get to know you, not just 
having a virtual glass of wine or having a, a Zoom meet and greet, but really thorough, proper interviews um, with the candidates once that strategic viability is, is really secure. A third item is firms should really consider getting their business professionals involved in the recruitment efforts, both in terms of front-end recruiting, but also in terms of evaluation. You'd be surprised at the number of firms, the number of large firms who still only have lawyers involved in the recruiting process. The chief financial officer, the chief operating officer, the, the chief talent officer, the folks from business development and marketing, all of these people can contribute a great deal to that process of both recruiting, but also vetting um, the, the candidates. Another point is internal due diligence. I'm sure anybody who's ever worked in an office has been aware of that situation where you find out that so-and-so has been hired. And not long after that, you hear somebody ask the question, why did we hire so-and-so? If you had come and talked to me, I would have told you X, Y, and Z. We used to work together at another firm. So it is internal feedback and internal due diligence is vitally important. Making sure that you're taking advantage of the people that you have inside your own firm. And then, then finally, taking advantage of external due diligence, like Decipher. It really is that step that will really allow you to sleep at night when you're thinking about lateral risk. And I know some of these um, tips you're giving could obviously apply as well when firms are looking to hire associates. I was wondering if you could just briefly describe, because we've focused a lot on partners, what the environment right now is like for associate hiring. Associate hiring uh, is, is a very interesting market right now. As you can imagine, given the, the dynamics of, of the pandemic and how it's unfolded, associates have not exactly been in, in a moving mood. In a normal year, you would have roughly 20, 20%, 18 to 20% of large firm associates will move in the course of a year. That number has dropped probably about 80% um, if you look back at 2020. And so what's happening is, is that normal movement of that normal associate ebb and flow has created a certain amount of stasis in the market. What will likely happen as we get more uptake of the vaccine and the economy begins to open up a bit more is you will find new associates who maybe didn't get as much hands-on experience in their first year or two in practice, which is unfortunate for them. It's just a, a factor of the time that, that they became a lawyer. So there's going to be a significant premium placed on more experienced associates. Those more experienced associates are going to be highly coveted they will be very much in demand. And as a result of that, law firms are in a bit of a tricky situation. They need to make sure that they're giving lots of professional development opportunities 
to their younger associates, they also need to make sure that they're retaining their most senior and their most talented associates. All of this taking place in a year where you also didn't have as many partner promotions. So it creates a bit of what we like to call associate compression. That will make 2021 and 2022 in the associate market, that will make it fairly interesting. And it's just another reason why getting a full understanding of who the lawyers are, what their experience has actually been, where they've been practicing, where they're licensed, where they're living, all of those details that happened throughout this pandemic period, those things will weigh significantly on the viability of, of all lawyers, whether they're associates or partners. Right. Well, Michael, this has been fascinating. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, Lyle. It's, uh, it's been great to be here. I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Please be sure to rate and review the Legal Rebels podcast on your favorite podcast listening service. I'm your host, Lyle Moran, signing off. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalRebels.com, LegalTalkNetwork.com, subscribe via iTunes and RSS, find both the ABA Journal and Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, or download the free apps from ABA Journal and Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.